This episode of this podcast is making me thirsty is brought to you by Petromco Corp out of Springfield. We manufacture the leading robot butcher on the market today. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This is episode 111. Today's guest is a researcher and writer at Sports Info Solutions. He's the author of the Yankees Index. Every number tells a story. And he worked at ESPN as a researcher for over 16 years. Mark Simon. Thank you for listening. If you dig it, please pass it on. Do us a solid. Subscribe to the YouTube channel. Follow us on Twitter at This Thirsty. Follow us on Instagram at This Thirsty. Rate and review on iTunes. Check out our new website, SeinfeldPodcast.com. Thank you for listening. Enjoy. This podcast is making me thirsty. Episode 111, Mark Simon. Welcome to this podcast is making me thirsty. The number one destination for Seinfeld fans. This is episode 111. Today's guest is a researcher and writer at Sports Info Solutions. He has over 20 years experience in sports media as a writer, broadcaster, and researcher. He's the author of The Yankees Index, Every Number Tells a Story. He worked at ESPN as a researcher and writer for nearly 16 years, including as a lead researcher for Baseball Tonight for six years. And of course, he's a big Seinfeld fan. Please welcome Mark Simon. Mark, thanks for joining. Thank you for having me. I'm very much looking forward to this. <laughs> All right, Mark. So take us back. Stuyvesant High School, 1989. That's when Seinfeld launched. When did you become a Seinfeld fan? Was it live during those high school years or, or a little bit later? So I was trying to trace the origin story a couple of hours ago, actually. And I think what I concluded what it had was that it had to be around the time of The Boyfriend, which is like, what, 30, 35 episodes in? I believe that's episode 35. Um, and I, the reason that I say that is that my father's very into the JFK assassination. So that's very much right up his alley. Uh, I had seen the movie JFK as a high school student, and I had done um, something on it for a high school class. And my family has always been into great comedic writing, like Taxi was always very highly valued in our house. All in the Family was always very highly valued in our house. Cheers was always very highly valued in our house. So it makes me think that around that time, especially with Keith Hernandez having been in the episode, I was 16. My family was super hardcore Met fans. I would say it's highly likely that that's right around when it happened, that that's when I caught the bug and caught it big. Interesting. So that was yeah, 91 was the JFK. And uh, yeah, I think that's I think that's where a lot of fan fandom took off was that Hernandez episode. We have it in our top 10 for sure. Um so you said you were a Met fan. So, interesting. so let's fast forward a little bit. Um, obviously, the big interview you got with the man himself, uh, Jerry <laughs> Seinfeld. How did how did that come about? It was it was it in person? Was it over the phone? Give us a little uh, history on how you connected with Jerry. 
Sure. So I think it's 2014. And just to go back a little bit, I was working uh, at ESPN at the time on Baseball Tonight, and I was writing a little bit for ESPN.com. And at the time, ESPN.com branched out and started these local sites, ESPN New York, ESPN Chicago, ESPN Los Angeles. And I was very friendly with the ESPN New York editing team, uh, just as I was with most of the dot-com people because of my role there. And I can remember one day uh, looking at my Twitter feed and noticing that I had a new follower, Jessica Seinfeld. And I was like, what? This doesn't make any sense. And I'm pretty outgoing on Twitter. I'm not afraid that if I, especially having back then the power of those four letters, uh, ESPN, to my name, I wasn't afraid to say, okay. And I DM'd her and I said, basically, what's the deal? And she explained it, that she was looking for people to follow that could help her better relate to her boys and to Jerry when it came to baseball. She was a baseball fan. um, And she followed at the same time, I think it was me, Ken Rosenthal. And I want to say that it was the Met beat writer for MLB.com, Anthony DeComo, that we were like her, her three. And then a couple of weeks later, uh, I was in um, one of the, what we call the green room at ESPN with the on-air talent for baseball tonight, getting ready for a show. And Steve Hume, who's now play-by-play for the Arizona Diamondbacks, he used to be one of the hosts. He says, Simon, I don't think, if, I don't know if you know this yet. Jerry's following you on Twitter. What? <laughs> and sure enough, that was true. And I was like, I have to validate this in some way. I've got to like, verify it whatever and he had he too had followed a couple of extra baseball people in this little time period and it kind of became clear what had happened there and again going back to the idea that you're at ESPN take advantage of it I said let me see if I can get him because if I can get him I can do a baseball interview with him and I had read a baseball interview once with Charles Schultz that was wonderful and I was like I want to do the same kind of thing with Jerry so I DM Jessica again. I said, look, I'm not asking to go through you here. Can you just tell me the name of his publicist? Mm. And she wrote back and she gave me the name. And it was Tom Keeney. And I wrote Tom Keeney. And I don't think I heard anything for a little while. Then I went to the Society for Baseball Research National Convention in Houston. <laughs> and I get a phone call on my cell. Mark, this is Tom Keeney. Jerry was uh, available and uh, he'd like to talk to you tomorrow. Um, I'm in Houston. I don't have a cassette recorder with me. I don't have any sort of technology with me. Is there any way we can do this at another time? And he says, why are you in Houston? I said, I'm in National Baseball Research Convention. (laughs) And he says, oh, Jerry will love that. That's a great excuse. (laughs) And I was like, great, there we go. And from there, uh, we were able to make the connection. And I got him back when I was uh, living in in Connecticut. I got him on the phone. Um, and it was wonderful. And I can give you more details on that as we. Yeah, yeah. So, so how does that work? You, you know, you get through on the phone call and uh, take us through talking to Jerry. Because, you, you know, you know, everyone knows Jerry likes baseball. But then it's always like, is he just doing that because he has connections? And he can get on, you know, get in the booth with Keith and Gary and the guys. Or does he really like baseball? And, you know, after reading your your uh, your piece of them it's, he definitely really likes baseball i mean it goes back to the time he was a kid but maybe you can kind of take us through what that was like you know talking to yeah about sure so i get on the phone with his pr person they're like here he is and i'm like shaking and i'm like all right this, you know we're gonna get through this here 
and I, the first thing I said to him, well, he, you know, he says, hello. And the first thing I said to him was, why are you following me on Twitter? <laughs> and he says, I have to tell you, why wouldn't I follow you? I love this stuff. You just, did you just tweet a Felix Hernandez heat map the other day? Love that. <laughs> and I'm wow. like, heat maps? Jerry likes heat maps. This is, this is good. And from there, I relaxed. And from there, it was a, a pretty pleasant and normal conversation. And the other thing that I remember was that at one point, I said to him something like, I was afraid to bring up the show. And I was All like, right. I apologize for bringing up the show, but, and whatever the question was. And he stopped. He says, why are you apologizing for bringing up the show? Bring up the show. <laughs> right. And so we had what, like a 20 minute conversation and it's still findable. If you search my name on ESPN.com, I can certainly tweet it out. Um, the, the gist of it was that Jerry thinks about baseball every single day. He's very into the minutia of baseball. We got into a discussion of whether Jose Reyes could beat Mookie Wilson in a race from home plate to third base. We talked about being his being at game six of the 1986 world series, which is of course, part of Met lore, part of Seinfeld lore, certainly. Right. Uh, and uh, we talked about all that stuff, and he was terrific. And we subsequently had a few Twitter interactions that are kind of kind of cool, the most notable of which was probably bringing when I brought up Chipper Jones and whether he thought the Mets should honor Chipper Jones. And he said, absolutely. He said, I, 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 he was a great player. I think it's cool. I don't think you hate the other side. And I thought, that, oh, I thought that was kind of a neat perspective. Interesting. Yeah, I think he has that joke, right? You you uh, root for laundry in the end of the day. Yep. You're basically just rooting for laundry. But um, yep. that's that's great, man. Um, and, um, you know, you mentioned the big four, right? ESPN, the big four letters, and you were there for, for quite a while. Um, you know, we've talked to a few... Um, few notable uh sports media personalities and um you know we had mike florian last week and we asked him you know who else is he you know behind the scenes uh, you know like you said that green room you're talking about right bristol you know uh, mothership headquarters um we got to assume there's a lot of seinfeld fans uh, what, what is that like at a place like espn um maybe some notable names or not notable names that you're you're talking to you know over those those 16 years that are banting around sign for references trying to get sign for references on air things like that um you know you could show, share some anecdotes there as well sure and i'll go both with the known com commodities and the lesser known things and start yeah, yeah. With we, we like the minutiae too <laughs> yeah okay so i worked for the stats and information group and the stats and information group is a group of really i guess um smart really smart very creative very clever um, very often funny uh, sports fans, super fans. And these are all people that tend to have super fan personalities for other things that they might, uh, that they might encounter, one of which is Seinfeld. So in the, in the early part of my time there, which is early 2000s, uh, there were many instances in which lines were referenced and things were integrated into shows um, one of my colleagues reminded uh, Jason McCallum reminded me of a one when I was talking to today uh, about this, and he said the best one that he ever came up with was when Garrett Cole got traded from the Pirates to the Astros. The graphic title about the trade was "I don't want to be a pirate." <laughs> <Mute>. <laughs> That's a good so one. that. 
that's one. Uh, from a more well-known perspective, I mentioned Steve Berthume. Adnan Verk is another who you can see on MLB Network and uh, Lebetard and a number of things. Uh, but my favorite is probably Reese Davis. Uh, Reese Davis and I have had an inside joke now that has probably lasted 20 years. And I know this because I recently interacted with him and it came up um, that the way that things work at ESPN when you're working with an anchor who's on the air live is it used to be that you wrote notes on index cards. This is in lesser technology days. You didn't necessarily have an iPad in front of you. And um, in doing so for one baseball game, I abbreviated, I wrote out Tex versus Tor. And he looks at the card and he says, what the hell is Tor? And, I, and knowing what he liked and didn't like, I said, Tor, like Ekman. And <laughs> he laughed. <laughs> And, um, and he totally got it. And we have had that now as a running joke. Anytime I would see him when he started to work on college football, uh, I had him uh, speak to our company. It came up in the conversation for that. Uh, Ekman, uh, Ekman, isn't he doing time? Was, uh, was a frequently brought up line. Um, the other uh, things that I like, I know Serenity Now has been brought up. The Ken Phelps J. Buner trade always gets brought up. Yeah. Time you talk lopsided trades. Um, for me, uh, with Festiv Festivus gets brought up. I like Festivus. Uh, I like I do a thing on Festivus where I will tweet out the feet of strength, which for me is a 98-yard punt in an NFL game because it's literally a feat of strength. <laughs> <laughs> so we would do silly things like that. The one that I wanted to do that I never was able to execute. Um, I used to cover a minor league hockey team for a newspaper in Trenton, New Jersey, and I asked them at one point if they could get the clip of Babu doing this, you very, very bad, anytime someone committed a penalty. And they never made it happen. And I just thought that that would have been a really cool kind of thing to do for to tie in pop culture, sports. Well, you, you got the, the Jerry connection. You probably make that happen now, right? The <laughs> um, minor league team is long gone. Yeah. Uh, but so I, uh, I imagine all these jokes went over, went over Peter Gammon's head. I'm just curious if he was uh, I don't know that we ever tried them with him. Carl Ravitch was more of a fan of the TV show The Practice. Like it, we would oh, feed him like things from that. If you remember that, the TV drama with Dylan McDermott. Um, Reese, Steve Berthume were more Seinfeld uh, ish kind of people when I worked on the show. So you're a, you're an analytics guy, right? You look at things like by the numbers and in some way we do, we're trying to analyze the seasons and where we rank episodes and like, it's ever changing, right? Like give us a little sense of, of kind of where you, oh, he's pulling out the pen and paper. Do yes. you have a, do you have a, uh, I don't know, let's say a top five rank formula. If you have, if you have a spreadsheet of some sort of equation where you can share your screen, you can show us how you No, I, so I, I haven't gotten that far. I would say that 2002 Simon, Mark Simon would have done that. I don't know that 2022 <laughs> Mark Simon's doing that, but I did, I did go through the episode list. I'm in the middle of a rewatch now. Once I started corresponding with you, I started a rewatch. I'm on season three right now. But I've got, I think I've got my top 12 here. And in trying to come up with a five, um, I think. Give 12. Morning, all 12. We'll take it. All 12? Okay, yeah. these are in no particular order. I'll just re I'll read them off. And you're good. I know you're going to like it because you guys are the Seinfeld purists who like seasons one through five. And that's like. Yeah, we're real, we're real fans. Yeah. Yeah. So the limo. Yeah. 
and, and the limo, if I'm not mistaken, came right after the the boyfriend. So the the limo yeah. is uh, is very strong. Peter Krause in that. We yeah. love sports night in my family, so that one's particularly uh, fun. The parking space, uh, the park, the parking garage, rather, I relate to because I've had essentially had that happen. Although I've never peed in a parking garage. Uh, you don't suffer from your mycetosis. I have spent yes, I have spent hours uh, walking around parking lots. Um, you like dot. those two. Those are good two to start. Okay, red dot. I like the red dot, which I just saw. Uh, oh, Classic. Georgie so you, you, you've, you've mentioned our number two and number three so far, so you're in, nice. a, you're in a top five. Uh, the marine biologist. I think that that's probably yes. my favorite just because of the ending. Uh, I think that that's one of the best written things that I have ever seen on television, the way that that episode ends. Um, the sea was angry that day, my friends, all that. The boyfriend, which I mentioned. Then... Going um, to some of the later stuff, and I'll come back to the earlier stuff in a second. The betrayal. I love the betrayal. Uh, I love the idea of doing the episode in reverse. When I saw it the first time, I was like, I was looking for all the Easter eggs with the lollipop that got bigger. Um, I just thought that, that was really creative. And again, I know you guys are are real fans. First <laughs> well, five seasons. Yeah, I, I mean, really you know, like that episode. The thing about the betrayal too is it, 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 they weren't the first to do it. You know, I mean, that's the part that I didn't know when I watched it live. But I right, out, true. You know, I mean, it's based I. on the yeah, it's based on that play, or whatever. But I mean, it's you know, it's it's you know, everyone's got their own taste. It's 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 it's, it's, it's it, it it. You know what it is? It, it goes with the. The Chinese restaurant theme of like revel, you know, different. No one's ever done it before, type thing. Yes. So I can I can see that. Yeah. Well, I'm coming back to the. Chi- I'll go back to the Chinese restaurant. I um every Mother's Day we went for dim sum in Chinatown in New York City, and that episode felt so real to me. And just a, a tidbit, my most memorable Chinese restaurant uh, was Mother's Day 1985. My dad puts on his Walkman and. Uh, all of a sudden starts jumping up and down in the middle of the restaurant with all these people who had no idea what was going on. The Knicks had just gotten Patrick Ewing in the draft lottery. Wow. So, so, so that's, that's one that I really like. Um, and then I've got, so Mike Florio be damned. <laughs> I really like the finale for for a good number of reasons, um, one of which I'll get into in a second, but I really, really liked the finale. I thought the idea of doing it as a trial was perfect. And the reason I say that is because I wrote a fanfic script and I had a trial in my version of the finale too. And I was like, oh, this is a match. This is terrific. And it was, it was the concept of my fan fiction was George goes on trial, uh, Jerry and Elaine get married, but not to each other. And um, I was like, I felt like that was a possible direction that they could go. And when I watched the way that they resolved everything, and I know I don't necessarily like the, how they got to the trial, but I love the trial aspect of it. I love the the scenes that we didn't see in the trial with with. Um, I know that Keith Hernandez may have had a big part, you know, and Steinbrenner other too, people right? may have been there. Or was the finale they brought Steinbrenner back for? I think they brought Steinbrenner. Right, like Steinbrenner, all yeah. those things. I love the idea of that. And yeah. I thought that they got the finale right. Sorry, Mike Florio. Strongly <laughs> disagree with you on that. <laughs> those um, are all fair points. I mean, the, yeah, yeah, the finale's not, it's not as terrible. I mean, it's, it's polarizing, that's for sure. Yes, but, um, totally. Totally, I, you know I have... You know I, we did a big party for it. I had muffin tops. I had Yoohoo. <laughs> I had Pez. We had... And we, we tossed a rye around, like, we, we, did, we went all out. <laughs> so, oh, like, a 98 you did, you had a live party with all that yes, stuff? absolutely. That's, 
not yeah, a lot of people. Much. It's like four or five people. But we 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 took it really seriously. I I, I think too the Larry David because we've talked to a lot of these guest stars and the theme is always the the loyalty that Larry David has, and I feel like the finale was sort of a nod for him to say, hey, let's bring everyone back, have a big party, you know, like how can I bring everyone back? And that's how I look at. It. I mean, he may have not thought that at all, but I, I think for some some way back in his head he might have thought that. So I like that. Well, I love that they brought people back for the rap party. Like you oh, were yeah, in yeah. like one episode, and it's like, all right, you come back at the end of the year, and you get to go to the raft party, which I didn't know until I started listening to the interviews um, on on your your show. Um, I love Bizarre Jerry again. I like I like the taking something and just kind of what's the best way to put it? I just like the creativity behind sure. Bizarre Jerry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What about the chicken I, roaster then? The old switcheroo with Jerry and Kramer. That's always a fan favorite. So, yes. Yeah, I, that's not in my top 12. Uh, I respect that episode. I almost put it in, but I decided I, I left it out because there were others that I liked ahead of it. Um, the Soup Nazi. Um, I like That was very real New York to me. Like, as someone that, that's lived in the city, I had never been to... Allegheny's uh, place, but it just felt very, uh, very real. The rye um, is just hysterical. Um, the Junior Mint, going back uh, to some uh, to an earlier episode, I think when I made this list, I circled, I cycled back. Uh, the Junior uh, Junior Mint, I think we probably did at some point on ESPN in a highlight with Ken Griffey Jr. That at some point we must have said. It's a junior mint, like off a home run or something <laughs> right, like right. that. Um, the secret code, um, but like I, I, I my, um, my secret codes are um, little known things, like basically, like that, like people just generally wouldn't know about me. So I like that. Um, and then I wrote a few others latter years that I where I liked a concept, if not the whole episode, if I can indulge in that. Then Bjorn boys, muffin tops. Pothole, uh, Merv Griffin, Serenity Now. Thoroughness. Wow. You cover the gamut. Well, uh, it, it, that felt like more than 12, but right. yeah, 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 you covered the gamut. It felt, like, it felt like we were going along good. And then, wow, I mean, I would say you're 75% season seven through nine versus the early years. No, 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 no. Those, so those last five, as I said, uh, it was those like, were like honorable like mentions. Yeah, yeah. Oh, I got it. So like, 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 you yeah, like the couple concepts. That I did yeah, deliberately yeah, yeah. because I wanted to kind of stick you with some some latter years. You wanted stuff. to get under your skin a little. Uh, trash, that's all. You wanted to get under your skin a little bit. Yeah, yeah. yeah. We, we it was contentious when we talked about those first sixteen episodes we did. We reviewed. You know, I, I'm a big fan of the Rye. I'll stand by the Rye to season yep. seven. But I, I love the Rye. I mean, you got the Cassandras having dinner. Who's having sex with the chicken? I mean, you can't beat it. Um, but uh, yeah, no. I mean, I, I get your point on the. On the, the the concept of the show is better than the show itself, sort of yes. thing, which uh, which well, makes sense. Listen, I'm, I'll go to my deathbed saying the show should have ended after season five. Maybe throw in Jimmy and Hot Tub, a couple other ones, but uh, it was just a different show. And I think like Florio mentioned as much as Florio, like we we didn't hate seven, eight, nine. Like we, we wanted to see it out, and there was nothing else on. Like we still love the characters. Mm-hmm. But the characters were different, Mark. I mean, George wasn't George, right? Like, right, you it's a little, a little more outrageous. A little more, yeah. I mean, limo George, you know, nervous, you know, deceptive versus like pothole George. I don't even know what he's doing. Can but um, George? Yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's just a different 
a different show. But what's yeah. incredible is whether it's you or Twitter, whoever, like people love, you know, doesn't matter whether it's the first five seasons or the last four. Mm-hmm. Um, there's such interest. I think that's the that's the beauty of the show. Let me let me say this too that in particular, and there's another podcast that does this uh, similar to yours, but there's yours as well. Uh, there's there's yours, and that's what I'm bringing. The idea. Whoa, 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 whoa. Uh, Nobody. <laughs> this is the number one destination for science. <laughs> Let's have that understood, I'll, please. I'm on. I'm on yours. I, I, I'll give you that. Um, I, I I misspoke there. Um, the thing that I really <laughs> like about yours is Thanks. when you talk to the um, to the people, the 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 secondary, the bit players. They're so grateful for uh, for it for the most part. And those that are not, it's still like really ingrained in their heads what it was like. And every single person loves Jason, loves yeah. Michael, yeah. like it's, it loves Julia. It's amazing how, um, how great that is. And I've always been drawn to the second player. My favorite Met of all time is a mediocre closer named Neil Allen from the late 70s, early 80s, who was traded for Keith Hernandez. Um, so I like that you had um, Toby on. I was yeah. uh, like, that interview was riveting for me. I love that. <laughs> and I just wanted to make sure that that was said, that I really appreciate uh, the interviews that you're, that you're doing. Um, George's boss, we slipped the Mickey. That guy was great too. Like, uh, <laughs> yeah. yeah, he really was. But I think, yeah, you, you brought it up. I think that's like, that's the beauty of the show is that, and believe me, we're digging, we're looking for something, but like, it is like, it, everyone loves everyone there, right? It was just a well-run machine. It was small, close-knit. And that starts at the top with, with Larry and Jerry, for sure. And you spoke you spoke to Jerry, you know what the kind of guy he is. So um, we, yeah, we appreciate that. What's funny, I thought Jerry was going to, he started following you because you were DMing with his wife. Maybe I thought you. <laughs> no, not quite. I'll, I'll throw one other thing too. I talked to Kenny Kramer, um, and I talked to Kenny Kramer. Now it's 25 years ago. I talked to him when he started the Kramer Reality Tour. Like literally within weeks of that going, he was. He yeah, was we had a him on. Character. We had him on. He, you, he's, I'm sure he's the same now as he was then. Yeah. Um, but it was just so funny. Um, to um, to talk to him, and I took the tour. I love the tour, oh, and nice. it was uh, it was fantastic. That was back. That had to have been like ninety six, ninety seven, because we had him on our morning show in co- my, the college that I went to, and he was great. Yeah, we lo- we also had Larry Hankin on the other the other Kramer, if you will, right? And wow. uh, he he was definitely a character. Uh, he was great too. But um, yeah, I mean that was that was great to hear your you know your top episodes and the reasons behind it. Um, now let's I mean yeah obviously you know your connection to baseball you just went over it and how you know when you talk to Jerry he loved he loves the minutia and to me there's probably you know three scenes that are baseball related that kind of sum it up for me it's the uh, the the subway conversation with Jerry and the naked guy that's just yep. I mean that's sports talk radio that's why the fan work that's why Mike and the Mad Dog work we don't have any pitching we got pitching no hit no hit no you know back and forth. Um, that and the, the, what the hell just changed Jay Buna for when I, I talked about this all the time, when I heard that live on TV, uh, my head just exploded. I couldn't believe this was being talked about <laughs> on a television show because the Buna trade is my whole, my whole childhood. Um, you know, and, uh, I forgot the third one. There, there is a third one. Oh, the third one is the first episode 
Yes. Well, seven, yes. That's game, my number I one. It, right. Like those yep. three things are like the, the sum of, yeah, I was going to ask you sort of like, you know, I we know you wrote the, those two articles on both the Mets and Yankees references, but you know, for those, you know, for our listeners, maybe you can give us your, your sort of, uh, you know, how, how baseball is tied at the Seinfeld so well. And what are some of your favorites? Oh boy. Uh, so, okay. So I, I would say that the number one was the, the, um, the one that you just brought up, the one from the pilot. Don't tell me what happened in the Met game. I'm taping it before, you know, winning picks up the phone. Right. I love that. And I love the idea of essentially that was the, you know, it's the ultimate, uh, don't, don't spoil it for me. Uh, kind of moment. Um, Joe DiMaggio and Dinky Donuts. I really liked, um, that one's pretty funny. Uh, the Yankee clipper um like cheryl miller's brother played basketball yes oh how <laughs> wore that one out on twitter during uh march madness <laughs> i really like that one that was that was a great reference um other than that obviously the whole the the boyfriend episode uh would be one um mm. let's see what else? i'm trying to think of you, know, what you else. like the minutiae i'm guessing you probably yes. like joe papatone built central yes, park at central park you yes, probably yes, like yes. the fantasy camp moose scouring and naming yes. those kind of guys yes with the I mean, fight yeah i mean those are those are classics i think i've used i want to say I've luis polonia howard loves park. the luis polonia line with the uh uniform yeah wade boggs cotton breathes um yeah there's Neil no- promising the home run yeah, yeah we, a couple of weeks. A couple of weeks. Stay tuned. We got a uh, special <laughs> guest. Uh, if you like that episode, ooh, very nice. <laughs> it's not Paul O'Neill, but uh, oh, uh, yeah. well, you, on, alert. You, you guys, you, you know, you know, you know. He's he's got a book coming out. We're, we're, Curry, we're, yeah. we're talking to Curry. We're 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 we're, we're trying to talk uh, to Curry here. There you go. Cool. Very good. Uh, yeah, I mean, baseball is just so much of the essence of the show. Obviously, because you know. Larry and Jerry just like love the sport. Um, but yeah, it's certainly Keith Hernandez. Um trying to down now I'm drawing like trying to think of some others, but um oh the uh I love the one where Elaine sits in the owner's box with the Orioles hat. That's another great one. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Uh, so that's kind of like a tease before the source Steinbrenner ever comes, you know. Um, and clearly the whole Steinbrenner thing is great. Um in my mind, that certainly helped the later years was the character assigned it's character of Steinbrenner. What are you, what are your thoughts on big George in those, uh, in all those. Uh, I always, I always got a kick out of that. I I'm not, a, I'm, I'm, I've never been a Yankees fan. Um, so that to me was always like kind of a, okay. Uh, the, the, how could you trade, Ken, uh, Jay Buhner for Ken Phelps is classic, um, and him trying to justify it is pretty funny. My scouts all said, Ken Phelps, Ken Phelps, Ken Phelps, <laughs> um, that sort of thing. Uh, I, uh, there, are, there are very few bad moments in the show. I, I, like, I would say I like just about everything uh, related to, to baseball that's been in the show. Um, and, it, <laughs> and the Steinbrenner stuff is, is very, very solid, and it does... I know, again, going back to the idea of maybe the lesser, the later, the later years not being as good. It's clever. It's creative. The, um, the one where he has, a, he gets traded to the Astros. Um, uh, sons of bitches. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, that's, yeah, hot, that, uh, is that the hot tub, right? Isn't it? Or am I missing out? Am I, yeah. That's the hot yeah. tub. Sons of bitches. Yeah. yeah. I love the hot yeah. tub. That's a season seven. I mean, that's a, that's a classic season seven. The hot tub, John Paul, John Paul, you bastards, you sons yes. of bitches. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it's funny, you know, you kind of just went, we just kind of touched on it a lot right there, but we didn't get the, I got the sense that you're leaning more towards the the seasons two through five, but, you know, to put you on the spot, do you have a favorite season as far as that goes? 
So it would be interesting to try and create a formula to figure out what what the best season is. There was a sweet spot for me in kind of, I think it's latter part of two, early, and then into three, which is the part that I'm, I'm essentially doing the rewatch of that kind of starts around the parking garage and really with, that, I guess, the statue uh, oh, yeah. being being a, an episode. Did you if watch you our, know, our, our conversation with uh, with Ray Thomas with the statue? Yeah. Yes, 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 yes. Yeah, yeah. In fact, that, that one and the Toby one are my, I think, my two favorites. Um, <laughs> but if you take that like block from like that point and go down like the next 15 to 20 episodes, that's probably about as strong of a 15 to 20 episode block as you're going to get. You know what? I think we got to do this, Mark. We got to figure out a formula. We got to figure out a formula. <laughs> well, well, hang on. Let's still well, get it. Let's well, see, here's, we here, well, here's what we've been doing is we, we rank each season, mm-hmm. right? But here's the thing, and I'm, I kind of throw analytics out the window. Like, it, if we did that and ranked them all the time, I think the way our numbers shake out, it's season five. Mm-hmm. You, yeah. you, you could possibly argue that, but, you know, I don't know. Sometimes you just go with your gut. Like, we, yeah, live. You, you say how many had more in the top 25 versus the top 50, and then in the top five. Like, season three, we have a lot of the, in the top 10 from season three, but probably more of the top you know, 50 lands, five, it's yeah. touch and go between five what and three. Saying, what I'm saying is like, yes, you could do those numbers, but sometimes you, you got to go with your gut. It's like, you know, you got to, you got to pull the picture. You know what I'm saying, Mark? Like, like so, swore you. Yeah. So, okay. So but to doing it either way, whether it be writing it out uh, and doing a formula or doing the gut thing, you're taking the same kind of, and this is the, the discussion I have with anyone when we talk analytics of anything, you're essentially doing the same thing. You're just maybe not putting it on, on paper. And like, if you were trying to create like what makes the ultimate Seinfeld episode or, or set of seasons, like for me, for any TV show that I watch or movie or whatever, uh, the writing is generally number one for me. And then you kind of get into, okay, the, the story yeah, but to and Harris the cast. Point. To O'Hara's point, though, then the deal yep. would be like number one, right? Because it's so well written with Jerry and Elaine, you know, but like, I, I don't know. I'm taking the pen probably over the deal, right? Because seeing it live, <laughs> if you're saying gut, you're putting them against each other. I'm picking the pen. I'm picking the jacket. I'm picking, you know, I, there's there's reasons why you're going to bump one up. You get to so you're saying point, there's intangibles? Yes, exactly. Well, there are, <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. Well, <laughs> can't just be writing, right? I mean, Kramer's right. not even in the pen, so that should be the tangible. All four aren't in it, right? But who cares? Right. I don't know. It's just it's... well, listen. Florio brought it up. His favorite is probably the well, one of is the boyfriend because he remembers watching with his dad. There's little tangibles you can't tangibles. write down. I think yeah. that's fair. And everyone's list is personal, just like a like a baseball Hall of Fame ballot. Is personal, Fair. right? Yeah, yeah. You can't well, necessarily, like, you know, analytics, Mark. I know you're an analytics guy, but you know, I don't know. I'm not a big analytics guy. So, you know? Simon, so, so what do you put in the Seinfeld Hall of Fame episode wise? So, you know? hang on. I, I want to I want to get to it. Right, yeah, yeah. I'm an analytics guy and I'm a story guy, kind of like at the same time. I'm like an everything's kind of squeezed together kind of person where I understand where to draw the line with one and I understand where to integrate one. Um, and that's how I operate when I try and deal uh, with sports statistics with anybody. My Seinfeld Hall of Fame, like if we were going to do like a Rushmore, I think marine biologists would be on my Rushmore. Um, parking garage would probably be on my Rushmore. Um Boyfriend would probably be on my rush more. And then I would want to have one of the later ones in it so that it wasn't a, a four dominating from the earlier era. So it would probably be like the betrayal, which again, maybe 
doesn't isn't going to fit the taste of everybody. But for me, because of the writing aspect and because of the in the moment gut reaction when I watched it, and I was like, I remember being like, "What was that?" kind of thing. And I think that 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 has a certain value that I would I would put. Yeah, into listen, I, I I can't knock it. Listen, I talk to Yankee fans who put Jeter and Mariano on the Matt Rushmore and they kick off DiMaggio and Garrett. Like, right. Uh, come on, you know what I mean. So I put Mattingly yeah. above both of them. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Nice. But, um, he's a hell of a guy. <laughs> that's my favorite. That's one of my favorite sci-fi moments. George coming in uh, all excited. With, Let's play too. too. <laughs> uh, no, so yeah, I, I hear you. I mean, that's why sci-fi rankings are so difficult. And we we talked about it just tonight. Like it's ever changing. Like. Marine biologists, we don't we don't even have in our top five, but we we rank it tomorrow. I think America. I always said this, America. I think America thinks marine biologists is the number one. Yeah, we have it six, um, by the way. It's not our top five. It's six, but it could easily be one. Yeah, right. Oh, there's Howard. no shame in, in in it being six. Yeah, but to Howard's point, he thinks, and I I think I he I think he convinced me. He thinks America would vote at number one when asked. I think it might be the contest. Contest is probably up there. If it's, it's not marine biologists, it's probably contest. I would think. With America only because it sticks with everyone so much, but um, but it's interesting because contest is in season four, mm-hmm. um, and you know everyone thinks of season four as the arc, and you know season four it got some heavy hitters in it. I mean, Cheever Letters, Opera, uh, Bubble Boy, Contest. I mean, you're talking you're talking some heavy hitters in season four. Um, <laughs> I can go on about it, but I mean that's why three, four, five is is a tough call. I mean. I don't know. To each their own. But if you come at me with season eight's the best season, there's I just I, I see. I would never do that. Right. I, I, know, I, I know. I know you wouldn't do that. I know you wouldn't right. do that. But I'm just talking right. generally speaking. We're seeing a lot more season eight fans online uh, than we than I would have thought before we got into this racket. I, I was not expecting that. But well, again, that's people who were born after the show came out. Like people who saw it live. Yeah, Mark's going to throw in a season eight here and there, but for the most part, like, you know, we get it. It's two through five, six, you know, um, are, the, are, the, are the key seasons. But yeah, I think younger people get into it in a different way and they start with like the soup Nazi and muffin tops and that stuff. And they think that Seinfeld and then they watch the older ones and say, oh, that's not true, you know? I, I don't know. It's, I think point. you have to watch things more, you know? Um, I think there's an intangible of in the moment of having watched it, those early ones, especially the contest, um, where you're like, did that really just happen? You know, uh, did I really just see that? And then you wind up conversing about, like, if Twitter was around for the contest, like, Twitter would have gone insane. Like, I always say that Twitter was around for Tyson Douglas. Twitter would have gone off the the rails. Um, It's the same kind of thing. Right, and it's interesting. Tying another ninety-one, ninety-one reference, Mark. Like <laughs> <laughs> sixteen, man. That's like a prime year. Yeah, it's interesting. Tie it back into a Harris, uh Put put Jeter above uh, Mantle in, in the Pathanon of we didn't, people. They didn't even see Mantle, so they're definitely not putting him up there. Let alone seeing it later. Like you're talking about season eight. Like that's even a bigger disconnect. It's like if you were born late, you just don't even think, oh, Mantle was good, but I never saw him play. It's like season three was good, but I didn't watch it live. Interesting uh, parallel there. Um, I don't know where I was going with that, but it is an interesting parallel. Um, 91, huh? So you're, so so when you were in high school, you know, when you were watching it live, 
Um, were you as big of a fan or did that become later? And did you have like a group of friends where, cause me and O'Hara, we talked about earlier. I mean, we would go to biology class in ninth grade. All we do is talk about Seinfeld. Like the teacher just, <laughs> it was just, Hey, Goldthor, we're talking about Seinfeld today. You know, we don't care about the molecular biology, whatever you're t- anyway. Did you have that same, uh, sort of, you know, water so, cooler talk or whatever you want to call it, gym class talk, uh, back then? In, in high school in New York City, we were the group of people that I hung out with were obsessed with fantasy sports. So we talked about that. Yeah, the journal, um, or you, you had the class. newspaper out? Did you have the newspaper yes. out? Yeah, so we, we, were yeah, hand, yeah. we were doing our stats, uh, yeah, like literally same. handwriting our stats. I think for me, it really took off college. And then the people that I watched the finale with were college friends. And I know that I saw um, the, the, and I, I know that, there was a buildup to that over a period of time where I wrote fanfic and, you know, just had fun with it. And uh, we had Kenny Kramer on the, on our college radio station and stuff like that. So I think it really picked up for me probably in, in college. Well, it's funny. You called it fantasy in uh, 91. I think it was called rotisserie baseball. Yes. Yeah, rotisserie, yes, rotisserie baseball. Yeah. We were into rotisserie basketball with Cheryl yeah. Miller's little brother and certain other players. I'll, I'll, I'll never forget. Quick story. If I get the next question, I remember I lost the championship because the New York times box score had an RBI for Barry Bonds, but the journal news did not. It's such controversy, but anyway. Did you have Bonds and Griffey in the same outfield O'Hara one year? Yes. Just like Costanza wanted. Yeah, exactly. um, so Mark, we talked about the shows and this, but, and I know you're a big peanuts guy. It's interesting. Yes. Um, we spoke with uh, Chuck Klosterman, great author. And we mentioned that George Costanza in our mind is probably the, the greatest character. And it's weird. He resonates a 12-year-old me as he does a 40-year-old me, right? And he he brought the parallels of Charlie Brown has that kind of similar grasp on children and adults. But, you know, of the four, who's your guy or girl? Boy, that's really hard. I think <laughs> I think I prefer the guest stars. <laughs> but that was gonna be my follow-up who's your favorite like, guest star like if i have to well, my favorite guest star is gonna be keith hernandez just because that's how it's gonna be um if i had to pick um from the four i think my favorite is jerry just probably because of the the one-liners and the great like analogies and all the things related to stand-up um and i'm very into like now we're going to see um Birbiglia and John Mulaney and Nate Bergazzi and all these uh, stand-up comedians now. And I'm so much like listening for the the jokes and the story. And he's, uh, even though he couldn't act or, you know, said that he couldn't act, um, I, I think Jerry would be my uh, my number one. I think I like them all pretty much um, equally. Guest stars who I really liked. Um, I, the, I love the line, the card says moops. Um, so I guess the, uh, the George bubble boy interaction, the bubble boy. Yeah. Yeah. I I like that. Even though it's a very brief, uh, part, I like Jackie Childs. I remember when I was doing the fanfic, I I liked writing for Jackie Childs. Um, who else? (sighs) I don't know that if I had Danny Tartable, Danny (laughs) Tartable. 
I liked I liked uh, Toby. I thought Toby was very uh, clever. I liked uh, one that I didn't bring up, or maybe I brought it up briefly. The pothole um, with Kristen Davis as Jenna. She gets two appearances in the show, which is a unheard of thing for one of the girlfriends on the show. And I can relate to the moment because I've dropped important things in the toilet and it sucks. Um, so that I guess that could be one. Um, yeah, I think that that's um, and. Um, I do. I love the line. I will always be a winner and you will always be a loser. That's why <laughs> I'm here and you're there. And I think that that relates very well to the 1990s to 2020s Braves versus the 1990s to 2020s Mets. Um, and it, I just, I've, I've used that with people before. I particularly like that line. Yeah. It's Fred Applegate. We had him on as yep, well. Exactly. Uh, he was great. He yeah, was great. He was great. Yes. We, oh, I enjoyed his. Yeah, he was great. Um, yeah. I mean, Spoken spoke like a true Mets fan right there, by the way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, you just, you just kind of rattled off a few. I don't know if you took any, any down or, or remember any, but um, what are some of your favorite lines? Like we went through seasons oh, and boy. episodes you know, what, what kind of lines, what would lines stick out? I mean, I'm sure there's a lot of good stands in there. So I know we did this on, on baseball tonight or sports center or something. Um, I used to have a blog where I wrote about uh, Mets history. Um, and I did it from the perspective of games that they won for those that don't follow baseball necessarily games that they won in the bottom of the last inning, the walk-offs. And there's a line in the show um, when you hit the high note, you just walk off. And that's, that's Jerry in one of the later episodes. And I don't remember which one it is. Um, but I actually was looking on Twitter to see if I'd use that anywhere. And I had a couple of times that I, I really like uh, that line as someone who likes uh, walk-offs. The see that the seat was angry that day. My friends, yeah. the, the moment, of, the moment of the golf ball reveal is probably my favorite moment, um, moment. for any TV show that I've probably ever watched. Um, I just love that. I think that it was uh, perfect. Um, and um, Cartwright, Cartwright is certainly great. Um, yeah, I, I, I think I think those are a few that I really like. Those are good. Those are classic. Um, are you? Uh, so it's been what eight years since you talked to Jerry. Has there been any communication? since between you and him or the, you and the wife like uh so he he went off twitter and jessica he, well he's still on twitter and he still follows like the same set of people and i presume he's checking it every so often jessica unfollowed me i think maybe there was too much too much baseball for her <laughs> she learned all she needed to learn you're a good you're a good teacher <laughs> yes she, was like, so she, she essentially graduated from my baseball uh, school he and i had interactions over time that were just like me asking him about chipper jones me asking him about michael kadire me asking him about curtis granderson um and then <laughs> there was one time where on his website he had himself double booked in the in two different cities on the same date and i just alerted him to that and within five minutes i got back a Thank you very much for that. We'll fix it. Oh, that's pretty cool. Yeah, it's so, funny. It's funny that he, you know, taking it back to Dinky Donuts, you know, <laughs> Joe DiMaggio dunks the way he hit. It sounds like Jerry does stand up the way he likes baseball. He's very into the minutiae. He talks about dissecting jokes and things like that. So yep. it only lends itself that he's going to be into statistics and, and someone like you is right up his alley. I mean, he knows his alleys, right? I mean, you're doing, uh, you're doing, I mean, no one knows more stats than you, I'm guessing, as far as that goes. <laughs> well, isn't I know I mean, my alleys aligned? Yeah, yeah, that's why. Yeah, that's why I think yeah. I, didn't, uh, <laughs> I know my alleys. You gotta believe yes, the Galapagos Islands. Um, give me 
of the squeaks and the squeals, but um, no, it's funny. I don't know if you said this before we started or, or, or after we started, but you had mentioned that you literally invent statistics right now as part of your, uh, I, I just so I I thought that and had to ask a question about that. Like, sure. Are you yeah. seriously just literally just trying to come up with new ways of coming up with a stat that's meaningful? So I, meaningful? I, I wish that it was me. Um, I work for a company that does that. The company okay. I work for is called Sports Info Solutions. We're based in uh, Eastern Pennsylvania, um, and we've been in business for about 20 years. The guy that owns us uh, or that owns uh, a chunk of us uh, used to own the company Stats Inc., which we hear oh, accredited yeah, yeah. on broadcasts sounds, yeah, yeah. Uh, all the time. And they invented, before I got there, they invented a statistic to evaluate defensive performance of Major League Baseball players uh, that teams were using. Uh, and that kind of served as a foundational thing for being able to figure out, okay, is this guy really good or does he just kind of look good? Uh, it's called defensive run saved. And um, we've taken that business, we deal with in the neighborhood of 20 to probably two thirds to three quarters of the major league teams. Uh, we have an NBA business. We have an NFL business. Um, and the people that I work with that are a lot smarter than me when it comes to that uh, invent the stats. Like wow. we look at things that are going on in, in the different sports and we say like, what can we do um, for football? We've created a stat that we call total points, which allows you to compare. If you wanted to compare offensive linemen, you could compare offensive linemen using that stat. If you wanted to compare defensive linemen beyond the idea of, oh, this guy got a sack. Okay, what else do you got? You got to have other things oh, too. Oh, kind of like hockey. If he was on, if he was on the field when a when a point was scored or something like that. Yeah. Okay. So that's yeah, that's I'm like a plus a minus kind of kind of aspect. Like minus, to it. But yeah. like, if you um, if you pressured the quarterback and put him in a more difficult position to make a pass. Um, that's not necessarily being credited by anyone other than like, oh, Troy Aikman says it on a right. podcast for two seconds and then it's forgotten. Um, so they we go pretty deep into things that you can watch on video. One cool thing just that maybe your audience would like that I like and that I think Jerry liked is I found a tweet where I think I brought it up to him. Um, we watch baseball games and we put plays into categories. We have 30 categories of what we call good fielding plays. And then we have 60 categories of what we call misplays. So if someone robs a home run, that's a good fielding play. If someone makes a diving catch on a ball hit in the gap, that's a good fielding play. If someone slips and falls, that's a defensive misplay. And we have all these different categories and they contribute uh, in their own little way uh, to a player's overall defensive value. So we're, <laughs> we're fully enmeshed in uh, the wow. sports analytics space. Inside baseball, literally, huh? Yep. Well, uh, I I love Bernie in the '90s, but boy, he didn't deserve any gold gloves. I'm sorry. <laughs> there you go. There you, and see now you're a gut guy. You're a gut guy, and that's what the metrics say too. So you and the metrics are very much in line together. There. I'll be damned if you're going to talk bad about Bernie in this podcast, though. Love Bernie, but he was no Gerald out there. Let's be honest. Um, R.I.P. But anyway, Mark, this has been uh, this has been a treat, man. We we appreciate the time. Listen. You send this when when we get it live. You send this to Jerry in the DM. All right. <laughs> you got it. Thank you. Bro. This was great. Really appreciate it, man. Sure. <laughs> Thanks, Mark. You got it. Thank you. That was great. I Thank appreciate you, that. Uh, the, the, I appreciate that you were, you asked me to do this. I. I I thought that that was really cool. Yeah, well, thank you for reaching out, you know. I mean, we we appreciate you listening and, uh, you know, keep keeping it going for us. Cool. See you guys.